the boys are back. Um, Jody, last week we had a phenomenal week. I've been thinking about you because the week before um, it, the weather was shite, and last week we had 10 to 13 degrees and sunny. So have you been making the most out of it? It hasn't been that sunny here, mate. It hasn't been as sunny as what it has been in Ho- in Holland. Like I've seen your really? weather on Instagram and stuff. Yeah, you've had you've been living the life of Riley, mate. I've I've seen what you've been out and about in, and uh, it's not been as nice over here. I'll tell you that. Like I mean, it's been like 12, 13 degrees, but it's been overcast and a bit grim, mate. You know? Do you do you like reckon it's because we're, do you reckon because it's like we're closer to Spain, Spain and Italy? Oh yeah, probably. You're closer to you're closer to the Mediterranean, mate, down there. Like living the dream. <laughs> So have you got any highs and lows this week? Um, you know what? I, I was saying this, saying this at the show, that when we miss a week, I always find it hard to think of the highs and lows because you have some highs and lows in the week, but then you forget because they're not as fresh you know, in your mind. So it's hard mm-hmm. for me to think, but mm-hmm. I would say if I had to pick a, a, a high that I can think of off the top of my head, it would be the weekend. I had a really good weekend training, like felt really good. You know when you start to feel like the fitness is coming along? Yeah, no, I don't know the feeling actually anymore. You're a fit as a fiddle, mate. What are you on about? I don't know the feeling of uh, getting fit, but go on. <laughs> <laughs> well, on Saturday, I uh, did a decent track session. Times are getting quicker. Would you do the same track session pretty much four times in a row, four weeks in a row, or would that be overkill for you? Um. Well, in the end... If you would do either 10 by 800s and then a couple of like faster reps, a few to max or 10 by K or um, eight by 1.2 Ks or six by two Ks, they're almost all the same, aren't they? If you do them off short recovery. Mate, your sessions are big. Your sessions are big. No wonder why that cast rebelling against you, mate. No, those are your <laughs> sessions. My sessions um, are like 30 minutes easy and then like a 20 minute nap or 30 minute nap. And then my whole body just gives up on me. You know, it's all the it's all the stress of a lifestyle athlete that's getting to me. You're not 30 yet, are you? Not yet. Later this year. But I can oh, already shit, feel mate. it. It's coming. It's probably stress from the body. That stress of the body that thinks like oh, something man, is coming. Oh man, I dread to think how you're going to be feeling. This time next year, you're going to be like walking with a Zimmer frame, mate. <laughs> but go on. What, what about the threshold uh, session? Have... Um, oh no, so I was doing, I did the same session like four times in a row because basically the people, part of the reason is the people who we train with, I say to them, do you want to do eights or Ks? We've done like eights the week before. They always fancy eights. But because I've been getting faster each session, I've been quite, uh, I'm not bothered anyway what I do. So I've been doing it. So we did eight eights and four fours afterwards. Um, but the sessions have got the, the speed, the times have got so much quicker since like a month ago, like probably on average five, six seconds and 800 mm-hmm. faster, mm-hmm. three, four seconds, a 400 faster at the end for like, obviously the same, the same effort. So it was quite motivational to, to see that come down. And I did actually a bit, a TT effort on the bike in the afternoon after that and uh, a run off the bike, but the TT effort was fantastic. Like best I felt at this time of year on the TT bike, I'd say. Um, and did quite a quick time around the local course, so I was well chuffed with that. So it's definitely coming, stepping in, taking a step in the right direction. If I'm not mistaken, all the training is going well, but Laura should be due pretty soon. You know what that means? Pretty soon, mate. Four days time. Four days. That would mean a couple of steps back, mate. When that when that baby's coming, a couple of steps back. 
you'll be doing the Michael Jackson moonwalk back into like the basics of fitness. <laughs> what will it be like, do you reckon? Do you reckon I'm in for a big surprise then? Joe, it's not like I've got kids. I wouldn't be able to tell you. <laughs> yeah, but you've looked after Noel Mo- you've looked after Noel Mulkey for three weeks in Girona. Like, Haven't you're, you? You're experienced. Haven't you as well? Well, we yeah, we both have. We've got some experience. I'm still recovering I, from it. What made me laugh the other day... Yeah, it made me laugh the other day when I was telling someone the story of how he tried to put a loaf of bread in a toaster and you were like, look, mate, don't fit, don't fit. Like, like for people that are listening, probably thinking, what the hell? This guy came on a training camp with us and we told him to cut the bread to put in the toaster because he doesn't like doing any cooking, does he? It's the right mission trying well, to get it's not about, anything. he doesn't so like. So we gave him. He, he, he can't cook. He can't even like cook eggs, fry cook. eggs, whatever. He just can't cook. You ask him to fry an egg and he wouldn't know how to do it. So we thought we'll give him a basic job, which anyone would know, and that would be cut a bit of bread off the side of a loaf and put it in the toaster and then just press the button, push it down. That's literally all you've got to do and job's done. You've you've completed it. He tried to fit the loaf of bread in the toaster. And obviously, if you think of the size of a loaf of bread, it's never going to fit in the toaster bit, is it? You know, we didn't even try and cut it. So you were to get it and do that, didn't you? And you were like picking it up, putting it in the toaster. Look, mate, don't fit. Yeah. <laughs> it ain't going to fit in that it hole. Was literally, he was cutting a loaf of bread, which was basically like four centimeters thick. And I said, look at this. I'm trying to put it in. doesn't fit. You look, you see, doesn't fit. does not fit. <laughs> but that's that's basically how you got to teach guy. kids, mate. That's how you got to teach kids. So um uh, you, and you've got that mindset. You can do it. But it's, I'm curious to see what that's going to do to um, to uh, the fitness. But it's good to see that you're you're like a mega fit dad. I mean, that you're in, in peak shape. Like, my my targets are going to be – I've got some big goals, mate, coming up for the end of this year. Like in the, in the distance future, looking at – if I, you know you pick like short-term goals and long-term goals. Yeah. Short-term goal is win a park run with the pram. So a 5K park run. Do you have them in Holland? Yeah. Yeah. So I want to win the park run, pushing the pram. That's the short-term goal. Another one at the end, uh, which I'd love to do, would be trying to break the marathon record, pushing a pram, 231. And I actually reached out to a company, Tool, said, look, I want to have a crack at this at the end of the year because it was one in, there's a fast marathon in November. I was thinking that'd be perfect. Triathlon season's all dusted up. Could do a marathon, try and break the record just for, you know, shits and giggles. Um and they they were like not having any of it, which I thought was ridiculous. Like it would be free advertising, you know. Really? Um, anyway, they yeah wouldn't have it. Like they were like, no, no, we're, you know, we're not looking for anyone at the moment. I was like, this would be well good like publicity if I did that, you know. Like you've got a running pram. Like I'm happy to to do it. And if I get if I break the record, you imagine pushing two thirty sub two thirty marathon pushing a pram. That's gonna I don't think you'd get more publicity from that than you would probably from doing a triathlon, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah, definitely, it. definitely, 100%. But um, they wouldn't put a real real baby in there, right? Yeah, you have a baby in there. What, for two and a half hours while you're pushing that. the pace and he's like in there struggling with a full diaper or whatever? She, she? I I, I don't know. Like, I've, I, I thought they did. What, do you think they do it with just a pram by herself then? Yeah, and probably like a doll. Oh, right, well... 
yeah, maybe do it like that. I don't know. Like I just saw the, I just knew there was a record because someone sent it to me, and I was like, that looks like fun. What about a hundred and eighty k? What about a hundred and eighty k? You're gonna get the kids taken off from me before I even get them. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> I could see you going around for a thirty k practice run with the, with the poor baby only being like two weeks old. You know, thinking like, oh, we'll no, shut you gotta up. You got to wait until bit, apparently. You know? the <laughs> apparently you've got to wait until their necks uh strong enough i've been told exactly. uh, like that's that's what people have warned me already but what about um what about the 300k uh ride with the uh the uh trailer yeah what about that one 108 like, what, 300k you that was what you... t on a tt bike 40 k's an hour average around technical course fruity city center <laughs> <Bam>. <laughs> um <laughs> But that's your what? What's the what was your high again? Oh, that you're training well. All right, Jody's training well. Well, I've got a low then. You, I'm not the training way, well. Oh, go on. You you are training well. You were you were flying last time we spoke on here. Things were looking up, and you were you were doing well. Like the, things the listeners were. Think, what the hell has happened? To I you? know, I know it. Um, so I've got a positive mindset. I am there. I'm like I want to train hard, but it's now it's so after after all the months of of highs and lows and roller coasting around uh, with all, with all the feelings and and that kind of shit, the escape from Hengelo is there. But still, um, yeah, all all of a sudden, I haven't even been running a lot, like hardly anything, only easy because I was thinking like slowly build it up. Flipping calf injury like two weeks ago. Can't run. So then a week ago, I tried to test it. After three Ks, I only couldn't walk. So uh, I can't run. I can ride. I uh, can swim. But, um, but what's the picture on your Insta that you've got where you're wearing the triathlon mockery white top and you look like you're running 230K pace? Well, that's what everyone... Uh, that, that's, first of all, that is because it's the high. Uh, the triathlon mockery kits are in and you need to show <laughs> it off. Like, whoa, fast kit. But to be honest, that was just 100-meter sprint that all these, that everyone, all these TikTokers do. Like, oh, look at me running 230K pace. Yeah. You've already also got this this. You fashion- should post a little reel of that up. Yeah. 10 times 1K average 234 like they do off 60 seconds something like that you That's know what they like, uh, with you bombing it along with the dog top yeah yep yep yeah but uh yeah <laughs> it's um so i haven't been running a lot over the last couple of months and now i'm 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 stuck with a calf injury uh, joe and flipping ibiza is coming and not only do i need to be fit for a 30k which obviously i won't be fit um but also need to be fit for the dance floor afterwards. And if that calf is not working um, with me, so that's why I'm a bit, um, I just want to train hard, but I can't, I can't. And it's a bit, um, yeah. What about on the bike? You can train hard on the bike though, can't you? I can't and swim. You love the water. So you must be over the moon with that weightless, like weightless <laughs> feeling for you. I can bike a lot, but there is still, um, the majority of the days are still uh, rain showers. And, um, I'm back in Hangalo, which means I'm training solo every day, mate. And that is a flipping struggle. But one more week till the escape from Hangalo and uh, your influenza will be, uh, will be, will be based in Amsterdam and he won't have to train alone. Anymore. Will you be able to get a lot more content when you're in Amsterdam <laughs> with the gang? <laughs> Pumping content every day, running two thirty k pace for the quick pitches and all that. You know how it goes. Life as an influencer, Joe. Yeah, <laughs> you've got your. It's techno, fast right? moving, mate. It's fast moving. 
It, it is fast. Stuff never che- it never life never stays stays still when you're in the influencer the, lifestyle. The it's, funny it, thing I, is, I find it too too stressful, mate. I know, and the funny thing is, I can see you sometimes having a picture or or a, a video, and it's been taken by Techno, and I know it's probably his tenth try after you've put it up online. <laughs> Because we know how shit he is at, at like taking. Right. The, he, he would say, "How does this picture look?" And then his finger would be in front of the camera, or he would have filmed his own face and stuff like that. Yeah, well, if you think t- Techno's uh, struggles, you should see what my dad's like. He takes a picture, and you're not even in it. And he's like, "Hey, I got some pictures of you at the track the other day." And you're like, "What did you get? I can't see it." You know, like you're running, and like there's one leg in it, one leg out, half you in. He's got someone else who he's not even supposed to be taking pictures of. It's like, oh, I guess I won't bother posting any of these up there. I remember in Font Rameau when he was messing around with the drone. He said, oh, I got some cool videos. And I think like not even the track, nothing was on there. And we were thinking, we were saying, what are these videos yeah. of? Just like woods and forests. We said, this is something for National Geogra- uh, Geography, but not for uh, for our Instagram. Yeah. What was you it? Set the drone up and you've got an amazing track, loads of nice scenery. It could look flipping awesome. Like you're running around with the views of the mountains. <laughs> yeah. He gets a track, he gets a drone up and he's just got some pictures of the woods, like no one even in it, like nothing, not even, <laughs> wasn't even nice scenery, was it? And you're like, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> <laughs> he was there practicing for hours. <laughs> yeah. I know just, you can't believe it sometimes, can you? Like, <laughs> but to your 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 dad is a is a really uh, really humble man. But he, he I must say he's he's a good man. He's got a lovely heart and soul. But he keeps surprising me every time. I remember also this time where we went out for like <laughs> an eight hour training day. We went eight hour training day, and we came home and he was uh, prepping dinner. And literally when we came home, we were all starving. And he said. Just put the chicken I in the. I, can, I just put the chicken in the oven for two and a half hours, and then we'll be ready for dinner. I was thinking, I'll eat the fucking dinner table if we can't eat in twenty minutes. Oh, the dogs, Joe. Mate, that chicken game. I was strong after that chicken game. I need to go back on that. Like that chicken game got me fit, so fit. Like I don't know if it was I, I turned into half bird or half. You know, it gave me wings so I could fly like Red Bull or something. I don't know, but that chicken game, mate, that did that did wonders for me. I was flying in Wales, and then. It all started to go downhill after that. But um, yeah, I think I might get back on the chicken game. Get back on the strong chicken game, mate. Chicken game strong. I've been eating a load of chicken. Um, but yeah, hopefully my body is going to get back afterwards. But it is pretty annoying if you keep having these um, uh, inconsistencies in, in training, like not just for a week, but it's been like months now. And uh, yeah, I must say that um, you do lose the motivation then to go out for training. Because you want to see the progress, you want to get fit for yeah, races, that, and the races are coming around like, the corner, aren't they? So, yeah. um, it, it does stress me out because now, literally, I wouldn't even be competitive in an age group field at the local sprint triathlon. Really? And does that give me stress? Of course, it gives me stress. There's a lot of pressure on my shoulders, Joe. There's a lot of people following the journey along. They do respect a lot. They know I'm a 54 minute Ironman swimmer, so the pressure is on, and I'm not sure if I can bear all that pressure. You've got. You've got a, you've got a lot to live up to, haven't you? You need to be in the fifty fours at least this year, don't you? In the swim, you know, people are looking to see how you've upped the game. You exactly. Know, and at this moment, I'm Ironman runner. And at this moment, um, it looks like that 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 fifty four minute Ironman swim and that race in Almere was some sort of, it was some sort of my my um, goodbye journey race, like Sebastian Kindler is doing right now. But anyway, um, it's continued discontinued um we have got 
a main subject of the week. Have we got any races we want to talk about? Maybe Miami for a short bit? Uh, well, that Miami one, I was so impressed with Jason West who won it. Like I saw in his Strava because he uploaded it. Because you always see these, sometimes you see these quick run times and you're like, is the course short and all that. But then like he did beat the next people by like four minutes on the run. So I was like, that obviously has to be a good runner. Looking at the caliber of them. He averaged free 10K pace for 16 something K off the bike. Like I think if he gets into if he does the pto race in ibiza i think the norwegian's going to find it hard to beat him i honestly don't know who i'd bet money on because he's a front pack swimmer if he gets in there with a decent group on the bike and if the bike's not too hard i don't know what the course is meant to be like bloody hell. i don't just broke my phone and i don't i don't know what the course is like in uh in in ibiza but if it's a good course on the uh on the bike i think i think he's they, they're going to struggle to uh to outrun him free 10k pace you know, that's absolutely shifting in a triathlon, isn't it? You that know, is really fast. Even outside of triathlon, Joe, it is pretty fast for yeah. 16Ks off the yeah. bike with the swim warming up. Yeah. So um, that would that was the one standout one for me. Other than that, race-wise, there wasn't really much on, was there? You know, there was Miami. Um, there was, did, did we talk about, there was a Super League one in Switzerland, but, you know, I didn't really find it that interesting because I found the other one interesting because Lionel was racing. It was in, I, I wanted to see how we would do compared to the other guys. But other than that, not really that much. I mean, they're all really kind Lionel, of um, Lionel was Ocean out of the race due to um, a bike error, wasn't he? Yeah, he crashed. He hit his, apparently he hit his pedal on the floor. Would you say part of that could be because they do a lot of riding indoors? 100%. Technical corners because I mean... 100%. Um, I can tell you this, um, and it is everyone knows the majority of triathletes are absolutely shit at bike handling skills. And if you want to come, and and, and it's it's um, it is really um, uh, it's it, it's a problem, definitely. And if you're riding on Swift all the time, definitely it's not going to help. Uh, what could help if you want to improve your bike handling skills? First of all, mountain biking. Second of all, um, cycling racing like at local at the local club you know just riding in a peloton yeah. uh, riding crit because if you do crit racing these are like uh, an hour just spicy with a group then you need to go through a corner pretty fast and you'll get to learn when that pedal hits the ground soon enough yeah if you're crap at riding around the corners you lose so much and you you just get spat eventually especially if it's a technical yeah. course because uh, you just let the wheel go I used to love doing them crit races they have them uh, in the little villages around here. I mean, you have a lot in Holland, don't you, in Belgium as well. They're yeah, like yeah, every week, yeah, aren't yeah. they? Um, but one thing what I don't understand is, and what do you think about this? Like, this is a bit off topic. Like, you know, the short distance races. What I don't get my head around is, and this is one of the things that winds me up the most out of everything. So you're doing like an ITU race. If you're a runner and you're a shit runner, you're going to finish 25th, 30th place in the race. And there's no one up the road in a breakaway. Why do they all keep doing turns on the front of the main bunch? Because why would they do that? They don't need to help the bunch go any quicker because it's all about what position you come. So why are they either not sitting in there and not doing any work or why don't they attack and try and get... They Surely they want to disrupt the bunch so no one works so they can attack, hopefully get away with a few other people, work together and get a buffer start on the run. I don't understand what tactic they've got of riding around, taking turns on the bunch, pulling a bunch around just to get everyone run away from them. It's it just so retarded. It's like they have. It's like the equivalent of letting Mark Cavendish sit in the group with you, towing him along to the sprint finish, 
and then wondering why he outsprint you at the end. Well, I think, like, to be honest, I think um, there is zero to non bike tactics in short course triathlon uh, beforehand. Because yeah. also, you're riding with teams, aren't you? Meaning people from Belgium, yeah. people from the US. Yeah. Why wouldn't you say, all right, if we're in the bunch, if we're together, and on the third lap, on the sixth corner, let's just go fucking balls out with the five of us for five, six yeah. minutes and try to get gap everyone on the hill, just absolutely spank it, and then do a team time trial. Why wouldn't you do anything like that? Totally. I, so especially if they caught them by surprise on a technical bit. You know, if you have two or three corners and you, you absolutely floor it around them corners you cut and you like put a bit of a spike and power out and people don't know what you're going to do, you could really break that, especially if you get some crosswind on some of the courses because they're laps as well, you know, like a certain bit where there's a crosswind. You could absolutely put it in the gutter, but why are they so bad at tactical decisions and why and do the national government bodies they could easily not do that teach them these tactics because the majority of these people also train together with the same coach so why wouldn't you rehearse it in training and then try to do it in a race so for example Vincent yeah. Louis and Yale Gates but, and all them trying to spank it on a hill together and then ride it like some sort of team time trial I know I, don't, I think the tactics are so bad and I think that they should be doing some actual bike races as prep to actually learn how to ride properly and the tactics, you know, and how to get away. Like, it doesn't make sense. I watch it all the time and I'm like, why are these people doing that? Why are they riding on the front? It just no tactical sense at all. It's like, they always they come like in they with like 20 on the front. It's like 20, 30 people. <laughs> yeah. And if you're not a runner, I mean, obviously if you're a really good runner, you're going to finish and you're finishing top three, your tactic might be, well, I'll just sit in because they need to distance me before the run. But if you know you can't run, you're finishing 15th, 20th position or 40th, why are you working on the bike? You know, try and get in a breakaway, you know, or something, split it up because you know you're going to get outrun. It happens every week. Like today's not going to be any different. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> crazy. Yeah. So, yeah. I just look at I just think every time, so retarded. And the commentators, don't get me started on them. They're so bad, like, as well. What is so bad like, about that? They, that puts you up. They're so dull and they come out with really stupid things like so-and-so is winning the race and it's riding around in a bunch on the bike. It's like, you know, it would be like watching a break, watching the Tour de France peloton and there's going to be a sprint stage. There's 60K left and they're saying the guy who's riding on the front is just keeping tempo to stop, you know, to, to who's keeping tempo is winning the race and that they're going to win. They're getting all excited about that. It's like, no, he's just doing a job for the team. Like, it's not really he's winning the race, all right? Technically, he is leading it, but like, do you know what I mean? It's like he's doing the job. But like, yeah, but I think as a commentator, you need terrible. to be really good at saying a lot, but not really saying anything. But they don't even like say about like who's really in form and stuff like that. They get stuff wrong all the time and stuff what they say. It's just like you watch it and you're just like, if you actually know a little bit, it just winds you up because there's just bad information all the time. Yeah. and they're boring <laughs> i know that will wind you up um main subject of the week though you've got one haven't you um i've completely got a blank mate what did i say was the main subject of the week just remind me it was something you, about uh, uh funny nutritional stuff we've seen in the scene we've seen in the scene oh yes yeah, we got this uh, from our friend who uh, we asked the question to. Didn't and we, we can't we can't tell who it is. <laughs> yeah, <he's, laughs> our secret source gave us this question. Funny stuff that we've seen in triathlon, nutritional things. And I said to Tom, now it's race season. Like we might get some more funny uh, pictures of stuff. Like I've seen people where they've had a cliff block 
like cliff bar. They've licked the bottom part of the cliff block or something similar to that, and they've stuck them on their top tube by using their saliva overnight. So you imagine these cliff bars or cliff blocks have been licked. They've got the saliva going through it. They're stuck. They're open to the elements all night. Imagine if it's a race like Florida, you know, it's 25 degrees, 30 degrees. It's humid. You've got all these mozzies, flies and everything. God knows what they're doing to like the, the energy product. There's protein in that. There's protein the in that. Next day. Now, I can tell you 100% that is why triathletes get gut problems is because they leave their nutrition on the bike, open to the elements like that, and some animal or mosquito, I don't know, or some bug is doing some dodgy stuff to it. And that's, that's why it's nothing to do with the, what they're tasting. It's the fact they've left it out open. Like, you know, I'd be ill if I did that, let alone doing a, a triathlon on that. Um, but I've also seen people like doing the bike and they've had like savory foods. Like, oh, definitely, like uh, burgers, bananas. But would you, yeah. would you, um, first of all, I'm really curious to see where they get their nutrition program from that they're thinking, all right, everyone takes gels, but fuck that. I'll have a double barbecue burger with some ranch sauce and a bit of mayonnaise. Ronald McDonald. Oh, Ronald McDonald. He would advise burgers, wouldn't he? But would you, uh, I know a guy that puts sushi. I know a guy, right? He was like a, a 16 hour Ryan man guy. And he put sushi in his special needs thing because he said he loved sushi, but he stopped round on the bike course and said he was going to eat it. And I was thinking, yeah, that sounds all right. Like it would be quite nice having it. But would that not go off? Because you imagine you're doing a hot race. You've put some sushi, which sounds all right at the time, in your special needs bag. You have to hand that in, don't you, before you swim? Yes. This guy's like a 16-hour guy. So let's say he gets to his special needs. It's 110 Ks into the bike or whatever. He, it takes him four, four hours to bike to that. The swim's probably taken him an hour and a half, an hour and three quarters. That's six hours. Plus, he's had to hand it in an hour at least before the start. Two hours. Two hours. Would sushi that's been left, two hours. Would sushi that's been left for eight hours in a warm environment, so not refrigerated, still be okay when you sit down <laughs> well, and eat it? He probably like, finds his. I, I don't know. That's dodgy. He probably finds his bag pretty quick because it's the only one, only bag running around. <laughs> The special needs. Yeah. Like, smelly. That thing he is alive. Smelly rotten fish one. And he's like, oh, that's my, that's my sushi. <laughs> looks to be he's alive or something. Breath, it's not anymore. <laughs> slowly creeping away. Um, yeah, that is pretty yeah, I don't think he does triathlon anymore. He said he suffered with too many gut problems. He had to give it up. His guts weren't used to it. <laughs> and he was always sick after the race. <laughs> it's probably all the miles. He had no skin it. No skin in the game, mate. You had to leave early. <laughs> <laughs> but what was your, when you did your first long course triathlon, what was your nutrition game like? Well, I remember doing it. Challenge Barcelona 2012, mate. Like, I just, I can't remember what I had to uh, exactly, but I would have had some energy drink. I know that. And I'd have been taking stuff. But I remember on the run, I distinctly remember this, that the gels were absolutely flipping rank most disgusting gels and but energy stuff that they had and I, could, I i only had like one that they gave you on the on the run i think like one gel or one bar because it was so disgusting i could barely eat it and i remember getting it was a 10 lap 10k course and i there, there was a guy who was up the road he was blowing up and coming back to us so you could tell the winner was going to come from the little group that i was in at, they started off about five of us so we were in like second to sixth place and uh then it got it gradually got whittled down. We weren't even really running quick, but I guess back in the day there was a lot more blow ups because no one knew how much you were supposed to eat and everything like that. So it was more like everyone just bonked at different times. <laughs> yeah. And I was like running with like one other person at one point. 
And then I end up dropping them. And I'm thinking, this is on lap three. I'm thinking, flipping it. I'm going to win my first full distance here. This is so freaking easy. Like, I've got this. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, the wheel started to come off, like, not having enough nutrition. And I'm freaking limping home in fifth place. And I'm like, oh, man, like, so close, yet so far. But I think I only had, like, one gel on the run. One God gel? God knows what I had on the bike. Probably not enough. Yeah, because you couldn't get it back then. Like, no one put stuff really in their special needs. You didn't know how much you were supposed to have. Um, and the food that they were given, I was planning to get it on the course. But honestly, mate, it was so flipping rank. You know, like, imagine, like, the worst gels on nutrition you can get. Like, it was like that. And then they were probably, like, the worst flavors from that brand. It was totally disgusting, mate. Honestly, it made me wretch. Would you, so would you like, rather have that sushi? Just... Off sushi? I'd rather have the sushi, 100%. Off sushi? Yeah, like, I mean, yeah. I mean, ah, oh, it's a tough one, isn't it? You could eat the rice from the sushi, I guess, and not take your chances with the fish. But like, I mean, the fit—it would have been close. It would have been close. I mean, the sushi—you'd hope you'd hope give you a bit of energy, and you'd feel the repercussions after you finish the race. Um, I've probably had some coke and stuff like that because you would have got that out on the course, you mm -hmm. know. Like, I definitely would have had that, but it was fake coke as well. It wasn't even real. It was some like cheap brand, you know. Like them when you go to them knockoff shops, they yeah. don't even give you Coca Cola. They give you like. Uh, something dodgy it was like that so it didn't taste right but it's, it's I spanish racing back in the day mate it was living the dream living the dream blow-ups were like two a penny no one knew how much you were supposed to eat and drink it was like a war zone out there you know there were more <laughs> casualties than you get on a battlefield <laughs> <laughs> but I, i i i got it right right at my first eye man joe i'm a natural talent talent it's all been going downwards ever since downwards what, since but what did I, What I, did you have then on your <clears throat> first one? Two gels before the start. Um, then on the bike, I had something like 17 gels in one bottle and then topped it off with Red Bull and a couple of caffeine tabs. And uh, then off the bike, I remember coming into transition, flipping, cramping up, and I still had to run the marathon. And I was thinking, oh, I'll just see how it goes. I'll pop another gel in there. And I had something like eight gels with me. And I just Flip ran off. I never ran a marathon before that. I ran like something like 26K in the training. I didn't. I was so inexperienced in racing that I didn't even know what time was quick. So I saw that I was running 420K pace and I was thinking, this is actually pretty easy and I can always go faster if I want to. Um, I didn't even think that if I would run that for the whole marathon that I would have a quick time. Um, and then I ran 307 and like even split whole marathon. What year was this? No what year? problems. 2017. No, 2018. 2018. 20, 2018. So they were a bit more up to date on nutrition back then. It was very up to date. And, uh, very, not, very up to date. Yeah. But you I know, don't think, have you ever had, had gut problems or ever done anything dodgy during a race? No. Never had gut problems. I think gut problems is a good get out of jail clause. So, you know, like if you're having a bad race, instead of like, uh, saying you know you're having a bad race and like you know finishing it and getting through gut problems is always a set is what people use as like a safety net gut problems can't finish can't finish you're not being funny <laughs> it didn't gut problems just mean you need a shit like i've needed a shit in an eye man you just stop use the portaloo and then you get back going again do you know what i mean like but uh, I, I, i can't imagine a time that gut problems would stop me from finishing a race thinking about gut problems um and I'm not an expert on this topic at all, but I'm thinking, all right, at some point you get something like running diarrhea, you go to the portaloo one or two times, but I see some people posting up, they had to go to the toilet eight, nine times. I'm thinking at some point that tummy is empty, isn't it? What, where, where is it? Where is it all coming from? What I don't understand is if you train 
and you're fine doing your long sessions in training. What are you doing different that's causing you these gut problems on race day? Because I never have gut problems in training and I do a similar thing on race day and have similar stuff, obviously more bigger quantities, but same stuff. And I've never had gut problems like that. So what are these people doing in training? Are they ma- massively changing things up? I have no idea, you know. Could be the like, stress. It's stress. strange. Something. Stress. Stress. What are they stressed for? They're doing their they're doing this bloody eye, man. Do you know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> like, you don't have feelings. Stress. You don't understand, Joe. I'm, I'm going to be. <laughs> You're blocking your feelings. I reckon, I reckon uh, I'm about to, yeah. I'm about to find out what stress is when you get a newborn running around going crazy. Like, <laughs> that's going to be real stress. I think for the first time. <laughs> right, in your an whole, eye, man, will be like a break. I think in the first time in your whole life, you're going to come across stress because. At some point, you're going to have the baby and then you can't do a session or you need to postpone the session because you need to take care of the baby and you're going to think about, oh shit, I need to get this done. I need to get my training done. We'll have enough time to get the training done. And that's when at some point stress comes around the corner. That would stress me out because I I, I hate uh, if I had to miss a, tra- a training session, like that would eat and grind me down. Like that would be like... <laughs> really really stressful that way i think that might be the downfall of skipper the wheels would be falling off um yeah i've been thinking i don't think the only race that i've done something dodgy with nutrition was uh on the gravel bike in barcelona last year where i did it on haribo i oh, man really i did it on haribo yeah oh yeah, because you went planned on doing the bike way, and we kind of didn't. We kind of just spring it on you that you were up for doing it, and you were like, "Oh, what? What was it like?" Th- oh no, you knew you were going to do the bike, but you weren't planned. You thought you were end up going to have to do an, an Ironman, weren't you? Yeah, I wasn't going to do I it on a, on a gravel bike. You you were doing I was going to do the race on a proper TT <laughs> bike, and then I showed up to the race literally after a twenty-hour drive. Came up to the race day before the race around lunchtime. You said, "Oh, by the way, you're doing it tomorrow on a gravel bike. Good luck, haha." <laughs> and then um, <laughs> that's the race that I did on 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 gummy bears. But to be honest, it doesn't really matter what you use for carb intake, does it? Like if it's gummy bears or or cliff blocks that you have licked on or whatever. It's just if you can like down it and process it and not not getting tummy problems. Yeah. I guess some cheaper stuff like that is just one sort of sugars, isn't it? So yeah, yeah, it definitely. Like as much, you can't get as much energy. Yeah, definitely, definitely. But, but still, yeah, I mean, it all works, gets... doesn't it? It all works. Yeah, it all works. Anyway, uh, Jody, we've got a bullshit buster. Um, we've got a couple of bullshit busters, actually. Well, which one would do you want to go for? Do you want to go for the pony cap? Do you want to go for the for the gym one? Do you want to go for? Oh, which... the pony cap, definitely the pony cap. All right. So your friend, you spotted last this week, a friend, didn't last you? week, I spotted it through a friend. I saw him on social media. Of course, the place to be. I saw him riding around on a mountain bike and he had this helmet. What friend was it? It's just a friend. doesn't really matter. What, what friend was it? Uh, was it that really good triathlon coach? The one who we used to get some tips from. <laughs> it doesn't matter which friend. <laughs> anyway, he was riding around with this helmet, with this massive pony cap. And to be honest, I don't know if it's a pony cap, if it's like a sun cap that, w- w- that helps you fr- from the sunlight. Why is it that mountain bikers, especially amateur ones, 
wear these helmet with these massive, massive pony caps. It looks absolutely flipping unsexy. That's, by the way, another subject of the week, a weird triathlon fashion thing that we've seen around in the scene. But um, <laughs> even mountain bike pros, like the best in the flipping world, Tom Pitcock, Mature Vanderpool, they're all not riding around with these flipping pony caps. Joe, you tell me. <laughs> I think... I think it looks horrendous, mate. When you sent it to me, I didn't know what you were on about when you explained it first, but then you sent me the video and I was like, oh, them things, yeah. So it's like a little plastic bit that attaches to your helmet, isn't it? That like, it almost, you could think it was like a sun visor. Like I thought it was a sun visor thing, but you said it was in case you hit a rock. But like people going on this, they think they're going downhill at like 50 miles an hour on like a gravel path, dodging trees and everything, you know? They're riding on like a normal trail, aren't they? What you'd run on, like, you know, and... uh they they're using it but yeah like tom says i think it looks like it looks super unsexy doesn't it and it's like the kind of thing your parents give you on your helmet you know them helmets when you're a kid they come with something like that and normally even when you're a kid you pull it that's the first thing you do is pull yeah. that thing off don't you yeah, and you no, true. use it as like a normal helmet yeah it looks um flipping unsexy joe is uh something uh i mean it, i i think it could help during a race when you don't want people drafting off of you on a TT bike, you just put one of them helmets on and people just don't want to be seen with you because if you've got the finisher picks, everyone posts up these finisher picks, don't they, on Instagram. So if you don't want them to follow you during the race, like in the in the drafting zone, just put one of them helmets on. Is there ever a time where you'd wear this? So if you were like a professional Definitely. downhill rider, would you Definitely. I would be wearing this. So, so there's the, a time and a place for it? There's a couple of t- times and place for it. One would be... Um, you want to go out with your mates in the club and you don't want any any attention from the females or the other way around, you would wear one of these bad boys. And don't worry, no one would come ever close, like not even in, in range. Would be so like, you don't think a female would ever say to you, I like your hat, where did you get that from? Like, I, no. I, I would really like to purchase one myself. You know? It would be absolutely repellent. <laughs> it, would, it, would, <laughs> it would work very repellent. <laughs> um i don't know many other occasions where i would wear it for so basically you'd wear it if you were like flying downhill at 50 miles an hour or if you didn't want anyone to chat to you in a club exactly i think what what about you do you know another occasion where where it would come in handy I could imagine someone like Kanye West wearing something like that to be a bit different and to be a bit out there or something like that, yeah. you know. Like, he's he's into that kind of stuff, isn't he, you know, being a bit alternative. Um. Uh, another another occasion would probably be if you just don't want to talk and be social with anyone. I think that's the summary. Um, yeah, there's not know. much to say about it, and is there? It's just that it to be honest, looks really uncool. And if you're going down with 40 k's an hour, with your hat first onto a rock. I don't think that pony rock, ponytail is going to help you anyway. That pony cap, what do you reckon? It's not going to make any difference, is <laughs> it's it? It's not going to make any nah. difference. So even downhill, it's a bit pointless then. <laughs> yeah. I mean, still wear a helmet, but just not the unsexy one. All righty. Um, thanks for listening, everyone. And uh, we'll be back next week. See you. See you later.